0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hey, listeners, this is Stephen, the audio engineer from What God Is Not. Today's episode was recorded live at the Spoke Street Media booth at Seek 23 and features Father Michael and Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies podcast. They discuss how Cameron continues to learn what it means to be childlike through the raising of her children. As well as sharing some heart-wrenchingly beautiful stories of God's goodness in the midst of fear and suffering. Enjoy the podcast. Um, so you notice this is not Mother Natalia, unfortunately. Um, we would love to have you on as well, but I'm I'm missing my my dear podcast co-host.
1: But I am also wearing compression socks that she always wears, so it's kind of <laughs> like you got another pot's person, um, so, you know.
0: I, my ministry seems to be to women and, and people suffering with POTS. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And your guys' ministry is to me, of course, as well. So this is the, uh, my name is Father Michael O'Loughlin. I'm on the What God Is Not podcast. Um, I was on the Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast for years, and then my bishop moved me, and I was obedient, and I came to Los Angeles, and the Holy Spirit uh, guided Mother Natalia and I to start a podcast. But um, actually, I think you know Mother, Mother Natalia knows you probably better than I do, Cameron. I'm yeah. here with Cameron Frad, by the yeah. way. All these people are looking at us, but th- those who are listening to the recording. I'm here with my dear friend Cameron Fred, Um And uh, thank you for taking the time. I hear you had a massive line at your meet and greet booth. So yes. Thank you yeah. for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, we are here, so I don't forget. I'm going to do it now. Uh, with the Spoke Street Media, as you guys heard in the beginning, I want to thank them. Uh, not only are they facilitating the video for this, the audio for this, but they also sent me a care package Ooh. with some pretty cool stuff in it, including Lucky this notebook you. that I'm using here. So uh, thank you all those of you who are here live. Um, also, before I start, I also want to mention, this is my niece, Shaylee. Can you raise your hand, Shaylee? That's my niece, Shaylee, my oldest niece. That's my sister-in-law, Seska. Can you raise your hand, Seska? Uh, my brother-in-law, Joseph, somewhere. Raise your hand, Joseph. And Father Joe. So um, if you guys want a T-shirt, sorry, I'm doing this early. I'm doing all the boring stuff early. It has our logo on the front and then Breathe With Both Lungs on the back.
1: Nice. Um, they're handing
0: them out. So please get rid of them. I don't want to bring them back to L.A. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Um, actually, you know what? Seska, Seska, save one for mom and dad, though. I forgot to give them one.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll <laughs> that, be in trouble. if That you- would
0: be really <laughs> bad. Okay, how are you doing, Cameron? How's your experience been so far?
1: Good, good. Yeah, no, it's, praise God. Yeah, good to be here. I um, I have three of my kiddos in the front here. Peter, lovely to see you, honey. I've missed you all day. <laughs> he's been at childcare. There's childcare, and he's okay. been there. And so I haven't seen him since drop-off this morning. So today's nice. been a crazy, long, busy day. But what's funny is I think this is the first time I've not done Among the Lilies, my podcast, oh. since they've started the podcast at Seek. So oh. I... I I'm glad to be back in the podcast yes. booth. I think just combination of speaking and the meet and greet, okay. like the energy. I don't know if it would have been been there. My energy okay. would be lower than normal, but Amen. I'm very happy to be in this lovely booth with you. It's always fun to see what they're doing year to yes, year. Yes,
0: and I'm honored to have you here. So thank yeah, you so much, Cameron. You're very welcome. Um, also, please, as most of you know, please pray for Leah Darrow, who was, again, my co-host. She had a miscarriage uh, about a week ago. And so she's obviously home Mourning, resting, all the things like that. So please pray for her and her family. Um, this is her second miscarriage in eight or nine months. So that's, that's a part, something I'll never experience, of course, as a celibate and as a man. But um, it's, it's such a great mystery.
1: Yeah, unless you've been through it yourself, you don't understand. Like I had a lot of close girlfriends that had had miscarriages at all different stages in pregnancy. But until I actually was going through it, I'm like, oh gosh, I did not love them enough. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it is... It is so sacrificial.
0: One thing I've heard too that I think is is really important for men to hear is that it's one of those things where we have to understand, especially husbands, that and wives need to understand this too, that, that everybody mourns differently. Yes. And you kind of have to let your spouse especially, like let them mourn differently because you think you're, a, I'm a parent too, and my experience is probably the common, but it's not
1: And it depends on the situation. So my first uh, miscarriage, I went, uh, so it was baby Micah, and I went septic afterwards. So I was uh, 13 weeks along and then miscarried, and um, I was crazy sick. And then I'm mourning the loss of the baby. Matt was mourning too, but he wasn't as connected as me, right? Because this baby's been growing in me and I've already had this relationship. And then I also ended up in hospital, in the ICU, and I went septic. So Matt was, like, I don't know that he mourned baby Micah Mm -hmm. because from his point of view, he was more... Like, fearful that I was going to die. And so he's mourning that, and I'm still mourning the baby. I'm like, you're not mourning. And I got angry at him that he wasn't mourning the baby enough. And he's like, you don't even know. Like, I was hospitalized for over a month in the ICU for a week. And, um, but... I had no right to get angry at him for not mourning the way I thought he would mourn. And then I wasn't aware the majority of the time that I was like almost dying. Like I wasn't aware as much of what was going on. Um, and he had to see that like, and he was like, okay, how am I going to raise four kids by myself? And, and just all that he was going through with that. And yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like we were, we're all mourning and my kids have mourned the loss of siblings that they don't have. And that's a different form of mourning as well. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's a hole in the heart, and everyone kind of gets stabbed differently. I think.
0: I think when our, when this kind of touches on the topic, I'd love to hear your thoughts on. But when our Lord asks us to do certain things, and that's me my topic is like the commands He makes upon us. One of them is to forgive, mm-hmm. and and within that, obviously that we touch on the the fact that everybody sins. Saint Paul says that in Romans five. But when when someone's in the midst of Weakness and vulnerability, like you know, someone's either suffering in a different way than I expected, or they're suffering in an irrational way, but they're still doing it, or they're, or they're whatever the mourning, whatever that that looks like. It's almost like you prepare to forgive yeah. in the moment, even if it's not a sin. You're you're still kind of saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna allow this person to be weak and to to mourn differently," and even if even if it's a sin or they're actually going to mourn in a different way later on and they're just kind of in shock whatever that is Um, I always think of like patience you're kind of patient with them they're mourning in a different way it's like it's like people whose parents aren't worthy parents Mm. And you say, you, you know, you deserve, they sometimes need to hear, you deserve better parents. You do. You you are you're taking care of your parents. Maybe you're 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 acting like the parent to them. Yes. That's unjust. Yeah. That's unjust. Um, your your mother or your father belittles you all the time, that's unjust. And they need to hear that, but then you're also saying, you know, prepare to forgive them over and over and over again. And as long as you acknowledge it's unjust. I just imagine having a, a spouse that is not reacting. The way that we think they should and and there's like a i'm going to forgive you when i've processed what you're doing wrong (laughs) in the meantime i'm going to be patient with you and and get ready to forgive
1: yeah yeah and i think different people have different go-to my go-to uh emotions always anger like i think it's just i'm choleric and so i'm always angry and it's like that's normally not the first emotion matt Matt feels things very deeply Hmm. right so he He goes through other emotions but mine's like anger and then it's like afterwards i have to be like i'm so sorry that i got angry first now i can process and see that this is where yeah and it's having having the grace and giving the person the grace in the moment to process how they need to and then patiently loving and listening and being there
0: that's a better way of saying it. You yeah. give them the grace to process it in, the, in yeah. the meantime. I think if we understand that I'm fumbling through this experience, I'm stumbling through it, I'm yeah. not getting it right either, you must not be either. Yeah. And we do want the other to be stronger than us, and we want to be stronger than them in these moments. But sometimes I think the acknowledgement of the, I don't know what I'm doing either. Yeah. I, I'm mourning. I don't know what that looks like. I'm trying to forgive. I don't know what that exactly looks like. But there's a... Um, let me say this. I I, I asked your husband, um, like, is there anything that Cameron would want to talk about that maybe she wouldn't ask to talk about? Oh. And can you guess what his response was? No. What it's like for a woman to marry up?
1: Oh, That's nice. That's what he said. Yeah. nice. No, that,
0: that was his. his it, it's
1: humbling. It, That's what it is.
0: <laughs> immediate, immediate response. And then I asked again, of course. Um, and he, he he didn't have much else to say. But I thought, you know, there there's something. There's something about the experience the mother had, and I'm just, I'm just going to ask you out of my, out of my celibacy here. Um, but I, I have a couple commands from the scriptures that our Lord asked. I would love to hear success stories that you have or just insights into ways that Christ commands. You've experienced them lived positively. Okay. And I'll start with this, because this is the first one that came to mind when I, when I thought of you. Um, you've raised children and... How do you interpret from your experience what it means to be childlike when Jesus says you must become like a little child to enter the kingdom of God? Like how how has it been as a mother raising children? How have you have said this is what he means?
1: I think there's a lightheartedness. Okay. I think Mother Natalia embodies this. She's so childlike. She is um she's not childish but she is childlike and I think having a like taking every moment like as it is like not not overly thinking or overly anticipating what's going to happen and I also like my I joke that the part of my brain that like thinks things and then speaks is broken so like I only process like I'm not thinking and then talking to you I'm this is me thinking out loud yeah. you know um and I think that's how kids are and so I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own thoughts especially as adults and we're like oh this is the way I ought to say something and and, and kids don't do that yeah. like they just say whatever comes to their mind and they um they're just jolly and running around my my son Peter like was supposed to check in with me every 10 minutes yesterday and he disappeared for too long and I was like where were you well, mom, I was with a nun and we were playing games and we were just having so much fun. I forgot about the time and I forgot to look at my watch. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, you still need to check in with me. But it's like, I get it. Like being a kid, that's part of it. It's just like having fun and not worrying about everyone else and just being here in this yeah. and enjoying it and yeah. having so much excitement for this and not looking back at all the things you should have done and wished you had said or looking forward to what you will do in the future, but just being in the present
0: moment. In all humility, I think that's something that I do well. Good. But I know it's really annoying to the people yes, around me. Yes, <laughs> yes, And so I don't want to like, I, I, I know there's like a way that that becomes sin because I'm not considerate enough of the people around me. And actually, Mother Natalia was one of the people who had a conversation recently. And she just said, you, you presume upon my friendship." Mm. like you 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 know that I will be patient with you you know that I will I will clean up after you if you make a mess in in some way and 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 I thought I am being I the devil has convinced me it's childlikeness, but it's really not there's like a, a lack of intentionality in in you know she sends me letters all the time and our listeners know this I have not written her a letter in years because I'll call her, I'll text her. I'll 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 go out and see her as often as I can. But 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 she asked for a letter. Like why don't I just do that? Yeah. You know, she she asked for something specific like I I'm being a bad friend when I don't do that. Now I can chalk that up to being childlike cuz I think there is a sense when it is like that, but there's also a sense where we say I need to I need to actually put some work in put this self gift of, of my Christianity into yeah. this love of well. So I, I just did a podcast this morning with another friend about, um, we talked about that, that, that kind of that, that constant growth that, yeah. that constant, um, I may have done well today. I need to do well again tomorrow and what that looks like. So yes, the, the devil loves to show us something that's shiny and beautiful and good and then show us the wrong way of going about it, like Adam and Eve, like Tower of Babel, et cetera. So anyway, that's my own reflection upon how childlikeness is the gift God gave me, and I've kind of allowed the devil to twist it in my mind.
1: Um, No, I I see that. But with that, too, I think not... And I know you're not doing this, but just saying it for our listeners or people out here that are listening, um, not beating yourself up over it. Yeah. So, like, Satan totally wins. Having a childlike faith is not trying to be like struggling with scrupulosity or trying to like be like oh i'm the worst ever mother natalia is so great because she always writes letters and i'm the worst ever like she doesn't want you to beat yourself up for not doing it um the devil really wants you and then he double wins it's like haha i got you to think that this was good and now you're beating yourself up for not doing it
0: and we've talked about that on the podcast before that that's even sometimes a Like the devil gets us to, to move even further from Christ, not because of the sin itself, but because of the shame we felt afterwards. And the shame actually allows that sin to become debilitating yes. where it didn't have to be. No. It may have been an easy forgive, easy go to confession, work on it a little bit, and, and it, it becomes just completely, I may, I may skip church. I may be so down on myself that I stop receiving the sacraments for a while. I, you know, there's, um, the devil just loves to, to make a mountain out of a molehill in yes. that way. Um, and and actually, she knows that very well because she she tends to that. Yeah, she tends to that. So she knows that I don't. Um, and she 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 would resist that.
1: I think we're more alike, and Mother Natalia and Matt are more okay. alike. And um, obviously we have very different relationships, yeah. but same idea, you know. And the the strengths where the other can like, yeah.
0: Yeah, and th- that's another way of understanding being patient because one of the things I can say as a priest that is one of the hardest things for me to do when I when I'm talking to someone and this this is my one of my big pet peeves I never want to like ask anybody not to do this when they go to a priest but when someone says to me oh I don't pray for myself God doesn't have time. I pray for somebody else because I don't want to waste God's time with praying for myself. Are you kidding
1: me? I am a sweet little girl and he <laughs> loves me and he wants me to ask for the graces that I need.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And he has all the time in the world. He's outside of space and time. Yes. And and in a sense, that's always tinged with a bit of pride, which we all have, you know, but, but there's also a, uh, a misunderstanding of who God is, misunderstanding of, of who I am, um, and then the... Um, I and forget where I was going with that, tying it into the previous forgiveness. But Mother Natalia, she she understands that very well. And so she is eternally patient and, and, and resistant to that happening. And yet she will have a very serious conversation about my weaknesses as well, which is good.
1: Which is good.
0: Yes. We need those people in our life. We
1: do. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. Childlikeness. I had this insight a while ago and, and listeners know this about me. But uh, for me, childlikeness is just being really really annoying to God. Like, Jesus, 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 right? Over and over like like needing him for everything. Uh, calling upon Mom, him everything Mom, every, Mom, exactly. Mom, Mom,
1: I live this all the time. Not you so much, <laughs> but other ones. Yeah.
0: Two year children who have abandoned you. Um okay. Here's, let me see another one. Uh Okay, Here, so Matthew 5, this is the uh the Sermon on the Mount. Um Jesus tells them, the apostles, if you want to be a member of the kingdom of heaven, right? Because um, I've always kind of seen this Sermon on the Mount as a kind of a constitution for the kingdom of God, a constitution for to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Um, he says, settle with your enemies before going to court. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna share a story first. I love. I would love for you, if you have any insights, or it's like child like this. You must become like a little child. to in the kingdom of. Heaven. You've seen your children, and that that's informed you about what that what it means to fulfill that commandment. So I'd love to hear your insights into what it means to you know if you're going to court with your enemies, settle them on the way, or you may you know have to give the last penny in that kingdom of God. Um, so I'll share a story first to give you a second to think of that in a moment. Um, I had a, a parishioner who, who was incredibly devout. He was kind of a loner, but he was incredibly devout. And he came uh, to church and he would receive the Eucharist and he started sharing some stories and he actually lived with me because he had, he had become kind of homeless. He lived with me in, in my guest room in my house for a while. And, and I didn't know the whole story, but then one day he stopped receiving the Eucharist and he would just stay in the back of the church. Then the next Sunday he didn't receive the Eucharist, next Sunday he didn't receive the Eucharist. And I finally approached him as like a good pastor should. And I said, like, brother, why, you know, can I ask you, like, why you're not receiving the Eucharist, why it's been weeks? And he just said, oh, um, this this old landlord that I had uh, will not reconcile with me. And so I'm following the scriptural mandate that I cannot receive the Eucharist unless I reconcile with everybody. And it just broke my heart and I had to say, Oh, brother, you need to do whatever you can. Like, have you tried reconciling? Unfortunately, she had a restraining order against him, which makes reconciling makes really, hard. really hard. Um, so so he guided me in coming up with a plan of what it meant to pray for her, to to. In, you can't even write her letters. It's pretty much she. He, he has to allow our Lord to bless her in these different ways. And he said after one week, he says, "I'm, I'm not going to receive the Eucharist one more week until I have the right heart in praying for her to do this." And then he did. And I thought that that was such a way of of understanding that she's going to cry out for justice. I still don't know what what she felt he did, or maybe what he did do, um, but he he jumped ahead of her crying out for justice by not receiving the Eucharist, having that as a sacrifice of prayer, and then just praying for her. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a great way to say, God's justice is bigger than man's. Mm-hmm. Before we go to trial about this or before I get in trouble for trying to contact her, even though I shouldn't be contacting her, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to understand God's power. I'm going to pray for her and then, and then let our Lord, in a sense, tag out. Let our Lord take over from that. Any insights, any stories?
1: Yeah, I... Um yeah, so my, my first thought is just how, with the childlikeness, how quick kids are to forgive. Like, I feel like it doesn't matter how bad we mess up. They're so quick to be like, I forgive you. And then also, like, their emotions. Like, if you tell them they can't have candy or something, like, a toddler would be like, I hate you. You're the worst parent in the world. And, like, meltdown (laughs) and whatever. And two seconds later, they're like, you're the best mom ever. And you're like, okay, you're on a bit of an emotional. I think it was a sugar high. And then you came down. But, um, yeah, I think it is. And then even the situation that you talked about, like, having a mindset to quickly forgive. And not, um, and the other person doesn't need to be perfect in their contrition. Yeah. Um, they don't even need to ask for forgiveness, but choosing to forgive them, yeah. you know, and loving them in that. We have so many saints that are so good at that, you know, and Jesus himself, forgive them. They know not what they do.
0: That's actually intriguing. I, I, I wonder as we mature. So another thing that someone told me that I think I've shared on the podcast before, I, I had an assistant for eight months and he was older than me. And he, he was a vocation from the parish. I'll shout out to Father Joel Barstadt. And he his vocation from the parish, and then he went off to go teach at the seminary because he already had, a, already had a doctorate in theology. And he came back. And, uh, but when he left to go to the seminary, I said, um, you've worked with me for eight months as a priest. You've been with me a deacon for a year before that. And you've known me for years. Um, I, I want you before you leave as a brother priest to tell me, like, what are my big weaknesses in the yeah. parish? What, what are the things you've seen that I can write the ship or correct that you've seen as a parishioner, as a deacon, and as a brother priest? Like, you've gone from being, in a sense, I'm an authority over you as a parishioner, to uh, being a brother priest in, in the spiritual realm. There's an equality there. And I just said, you know, can you please tell me? He says, oh, give me 24 hours. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And he came back. He says, you you assume that... that the way that children act because i love children i do children's homily every sunday that the way they act is actually the ideal of holiness mm. and and i said isn't it because i i, I kind of thought that there's an innocence there before they sin is, isn't right. that purity before they sin isn't that the ideal and he said no he said he said god calls them to mature like you need mm-hmm. you need to mature so there there's some there's some aspects of child likeness just because they haven't sinned yet that doesn't mean that they have received all the graces of our Lord that come from the sacraments and having to struggle with temptation and all those things. That's what makes someone truly holy and like, and like worthy of, of the kingdom of God in that way. Um, so all of these things are subtleties and nuances. All these things need to be honed in a way. But th- there, there's... Uh, it's, it's such a, a, a good beginning, and when children waver like that, there's something to say like, "I hate you," and then I, but I forgive you immediately. There's something beautiful about that, but there's also maturity needed yes, that, that we As need. they grow up, they will learn, and yet kind of keeping that spirit.
1: Yeah, and same with sacrifice, like kids kids don't know how to sacrifice the way we ought to sacrifice. Yeah. Um, like there's a, a whole new uh, that's probably my kid. Peter's at your ball.. No, it wasn't him. Okay. I'm just assuming that it's obviously the eight-year-old in the the crowd that threw a ball Someone's in at us. Someone's looking
0: really, really guilty but over no, here. no, it, it was
1: someone that's childlike and <laughs> yeah, not exactly. the mature way that we're talking about. And they're just like throwing a ball. I'm like, oh, it's good whatever. you can't see
0: who that is. I yeah. know, right? <laughs>
1: it's okay. See. We're not judging you. Okay? It's fine. It could have been us out there as well. <laughs> um, but I think there's something about the um, sacrifice. I think that the path to holiness is so sacrificial and so many sacrifices that need to be made. And I don't know that children Like we could teach kids to sacrifice But the longer you live And the more pain you go through And the more heartaches you have The more you're able to sacrifice And unite yourself to Christ and the cross Through that, you know
0: How do you prepare your kids for that? I think that's so intimidating for parents. How do you? Because we don't want our children to sacrifice. We don't want them to suffer. No. So how do you? How do you? When they're in a sense too young to understand that maturity. How, how and when do you start preparing them for a life of suffering that they can, by Christ's power, turn into sacrifice? But how do you do that as a mother that doesn't want them to suffer?
1: So I'll use Peter as an example because he's sitting right there, and I'm looking at him, and I'm just thinking. So Peter was our NICU baby who almost kept almost dying, barely survived, and then one of the times he was in the hospital, he had uh, RSV and so he was five pounds projectile vomiting, feeding tube, all the stuff he he was sacrificing yeah. you know i don 't know. I don't think he remembers that, but we talk about it and we talk about when he was a baby at one point when I was in the hospital, I laid, he was acting like a newborn, but he was, I think four months old at this point and still barely weighed more than your average baby. And I laid him on the bed and he was screaming. He was in pain because they were trying out different medicines to try to get him to put on some weight. And they'd already talked about all these scary diseases that he may have. And it's like, that's fine. By God's grace, we'll get through it. I left the hospital room, and I probably walked to like where where that guy in the red shirt is. It wasn't that far. That guy, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) I went to the nurse's station to tell them what was going on, and he was screaming. He's hooked up to all these machines, so I can't take him with me. I come back, huge hospital bed, little tiny five-pound thing right here, right? And I come back in, and the room is silent. I turn around the corner, and he is not making a sound face down he's hit a pole uh like the feeding pole things you know uh the hospital and i flip him over and he's got a huge lump and a red line and he's non-responsive and so i didn't cry i said it sounded like an animal dying it was like something within just went you know and just so much pain and agony so i knew i was suffering he was suffering he didn't know he was suffering but he was suffering and he wouldn't cry and I remember just like bawling and yelling and someone came in and they got the nurses and nurses are running in and they're hooking him up to all these machines trying to and I'm like why is he not crying why is he not crying and that freaked me out that he wasn't crying and one of the nurses is like he's doing everything he can survive right now like he doesn't have energy to cry he doesn't have energy to open his eyes like everything is on vital survival right now and um, one of the nurses and I, and I was so upset, and I was like, "Is he going to be okay?" Is, and one of the nurses like, "It's going to be okay. It's going to be." The nurse comes in as she's saying this, and she points at the doctor. Points at the nurse and is like, "Stop! Do not say that. We don't know if your baby's going to be okay or not." And I'm just like, and I remember like fighting with the Lord and being like, "Lord, anything but this! Like, it can't be my fault." Like, I don't, it, like, he can die. He can have horrible diseases. He can have a life full of suffering. And that'll break my heart. But if it's my fault, you know that's too much for me. Mm. Like, that would be way too much. And um, and so we, he had, like, a skull fracture. And we went to neurology, did all the things. Uh. And um and then, uh, we talk about it afterwards. He, praise God, he survived. You can see he's alive. <laughs> but we talk about, and he talks about it as when Satan kicked him off the bed. There was no reason that he, like he didn't know how to crawl. He yeah. didn't know how to move. He didn't open his arms. He had so many, there there was no way of him to get from that huge bed to the ground. Wow. Satan kicked him off the bed because God's got big pr- plans for him. And he knows that. And we talked to him about that. And he was also our little guy who would always kiss um, our priest's icon, Father Stephen, mm-hmm. or his, not his icon, kiss his um,
0: Patrol cross.
1: Yes. And always kiss it and hug. And, um, He renamed all the icons. We went to the icon room, and he's like, Baba Jesus, Boo Boo Jesus, Sad Mama Mary, you know? And he, of my kids, he, all my kids are beautiful and have prayer lives, but Peter has a special holy, like, I don't know, a special calling. Like, the Lord, I don't know if he'll be a priest, I'm not sure, like, but there's something that the Lord has uh, has something special for him and obviously the lord has something special for all my kids but i think that's suffering that's a real thing and and knowing and i and i already have seen the way the lord has worked through him to help heal other people and um yeah and he inspires me in my faith he's got a prayer room that's beautiful and he has so many icons and and just beautiful things and and i think um yeah, I, we, we talk about that We talk about suffering and offering things up When something hurts My 10 year old today was showing me um, She's got a big bruise and lump on her, on her leg And she was telling me about it in adoration I was like, offer it up You know, not in a like offer it up and get over it, but no, truly offer it up. Be like, Jesus, my knee hurts right here, and I'm going to offer it up for so and so. So oftentimes my kids are always praying for babies. I pray for babies right now, all babies, that no one kills any babies. You know, Mm -hmm. they're always praying for the end of abortion, praying for friends that are pregnant. And I think teaching young children to offer things up and, um, yeah, and then when harder sufferings come, we love through that And we affirm them Like recently Our pet uh, Passed away And so talking about that Like I'm like I know you're hurting And I'm so sorry But it means you loved him Yeah Like you loved him so much That's why your heart hurts Yeah And this is suffering
0: Yeah Mm-hmm. I, I I've looked at I've looked at babies before before they have any sort of self awareness and sometimes you you'll see a child that is obviously going to have a rough life whether it's a, a physical disorder mental disorder you know a, a big um like a big mark on their face or a deformed head or something like this and you're like you like, you look at how happy they are and you go please lord let them be this happy throughout Keep their whole life because this is going to be their life is going to be a struggle or you see a, a kid born into a family that you know. Like a kid, you know, born with a heroin addiction, you know, from their birth, it's like this child is going to suffer so much. And I, I just, I pray that that when they grow, that they will be comforted and and find joy and all those things. I, I, I can't even imagine being a parent And having to, to teach my child that you're going to be. I mean, imagine like, like if like if you're 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 bringing a kid into a world that's racist you know and and your kid is is black or something like, that. like 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 how do you do that how do you prepare your kid for a, a world that's going to be rough world's going to be rough and, and it's so yeah the the way that god does it so <laughs> god did with peter right he just he the god he takes care of it you know he 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 teaches the kids when they need to know the most heart-wrenching stories i've heard that are also so beautiful are these these syrian martyrs mm-hmm. i've talked about this before where the 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 Syrian martyrs over the past 2,000 years they've always come upon those who kill them are just the most monstrous murderers and they will almost always take the lives of the children in front of their parents before they take the parents and like they know this so on the way the parents are like encouraging their children you know like be comforted by Jesus I can't comfort you when you're there be comforted by Jesus be strong we, you'll 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 go to Jesus. I will too. But but you need to be strong right now. And and don't don't give in to the little temptations that they may have. Like that aspect of being a parent is my mom is somewhere, but she named me over there. Okay, she named me Michael just because she wanted such a big strong angel guiding over me as the first child. I, I still think back on that all the time. I'm like, she knew yeah. that she wasn't going to have full control. She knew that she couldn't keep me from suffering. She knew that she couldn't keep me from sacrificing either. And so she kind of tagged out, you yeah. know, with the mother of God, with St. Michael the Archangel, et cetera. So, yeah. Moms are amazing. You guys are amazing with, with how, much you, how much you know the risk of what being a parent means. And I feel you. I, I, I feel you when you said, like, please don't let this be my fault. That's... Yeah. Unsurvivable For many people
1: But you know What's interesting In that same Do you know that The rest of that story have, With no. Peter Okay so My prayer For so long Like since I was a teenager Like After like my conversion My prayer w- Before receiving the Eucharist Was Lord Empty me of me So that when I can receive you It is you and you alone That live in me yeah. So that when people see me It's not me But rather you So that had been my prayer For so many years And then I'm I don't know Probably 30 When I had Peter And um, It was my darkest emptiest moment of my life like that was the dark night of my soul we lived three hours from the children's hospital matt was at home with our other kids we were new to georgia we didn't have friends and um i was so alone so alone and Matt couldn't come be with me. I was so alone. It was Thanksgiving day and our pediatrician's brother is a priest so I never met this priest before but he told Matt that day that um, he would visit me. This happened I don't even know what time. It was maybe 1am but this priest is from a big Catholic family and he was at some sister's house so he showed up like right when everything kind of started to settle but I just, I couldn't even look at him let alone touch him and I just had all this guilt and this Like I cried all the tears. There was nothing left. And this priest walks in with this black brim hat and walks in. And and I joke that my priest at the time was a, kind of a small skinny guy and I'm like I needed a buff military Jesus (laughs) and this guy's like a military chaplain and he walks in he's like how's Peter I'm like it's just the fall and he's like wait what fall he had no idea he didn't know what happened I was like I cracked my baby's skull open and I just collapsed and he just held me and I cried in his arms and then he brought me over to the bed and I'm holding on the hospital bed and then he takes this leather pouch from his chest and puts it on Peter's chest and just praying over Peter and it was just beautiful and amazing and then he opens up the the leather pouch, holds out the Eucharist, holds it over Peter's head, prays over him, and I'm just like, okay, Jesus, yes, yes. But then in my moment that I am completely empty and there was nothing left of me, then he gave me the Eucharist and I got to receive him. And it's like, the darkness wasn't gone, but there was peace in it. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, Lord, by your peace, yeah. by your grace, and only by your grace, we will, we will get through this. We will survive.
0: That, I think, is the only answer (laughs) to any of these things. I've often wanted to be really strong enough to be a martyr. Like, I want to be strong enough to be a martyr. And that's just, that's not how it is. You're not strong enough to be a martyr. You're weak enough to be a martyr.
1: You know what? I So I gave a talk on suffering with grace today. And I kind of was like, yay, some people were there. Yay, thank you. Um, but one of the things I said, I was like, actually, I think I'd, I'd like to go out the martyr way. Like, especially like a quick martyrdom. I think i much rather suffer like that. Like, just all of a sudden cut my head off. Please, yes, yeah. I think that's way easier than the slow, suffering, you know, um, everything hurting all the time and having this disease, that disease, whatever, um, having to wear special pants to like keep your joints in, you yeah. know, and like, like I, I take martyrdom. I mean, if if the Lord let us choose our cross, yeah. I'd be all about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: The thing is, is it is a martyrdom. I know. It's that's just true. a long, drawn out martyrdom for you. <laughs> that, that that's that's I I am when I comparing a little baby that you know is going to have a hard life and then you see an older person who has had a hard life and and there is there is something so immensely beautiful about that it's like uh, I just recorded another podcast earlier today that will come out in a few weeks but um, there's a story and people are going to hear this for the second time there's a story a tradition that Mary and Joseph were traveling to Egypt to get away from Herod with their infant child and um, they were um, thieves. Thieves came and, and, and robbed them, took everything off, and then Mary got off the donkey and she was holding our Lord nursing him. and, and they just they thought that she had like something precious that she was hiding from them.
1: What she did. she
0: did, and so they, they ripped her arm away and saw this child. and it says the, the thief looked at the child and had the same reaction that the woman had who pulled Moses out of the reeds and said like this is a beautiful child and there was something about this child even though it's in a sense an enemy it was worthy of saving and so as the story goes they put him back on gave them back all the things and the mother of god said to him you will be rewarded for this you'll be rewarded for this i've
1: never heard this before
0: it gets better okay gets better so think of moses who had his face glow with the light of christ The red light of God, right, and he had to wear a veil. And then Jesus in the Transfiguration. Now you have two babies, identified as beautiful children, that have their life saved—not for their own physical beauty, from a deeper beauty that comes from God Himself, which of course Jesus was God. But thirty years later, this is Dismas, the good thief, on the cross. So he's still a thief. He lives his entire life as a thief. But on the cross, he looks over, sees that same beautiful child. But he's not beautiful at this point. Even in our Byzantine hymnography, it says, Mary looks up at Jesus and says to him, where is your beauty gone? So this man looks over and he cries out to Christ and says, save me. And he's still a thief 30 years later. He didn't change because he's dying for it. And this is an an ancient custom, ancient tradition I did not know about. But it's this identification of the deeper beauty, whether it's a child or a man bloody dying on the cross, that 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 beauty comes from somewhere and when i see these old people that have suffered you look amazingly well for someone who suffers every day <laughs> but like you see people they just look weary and i look into their eyes and i go what is it what is it you have seen what is it you have felt what what, what have you have been through and, and endured for a long 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 time and like that wisdom is divine. That's like a, a face that glows with the, the light of Christ because they have offered it all up. Yeah. And for a, the daily grind they've been through over and over and over again, you know, is just, is incredible. So whatever Dismas, the good thief recognized in Christ is like, it, it wasn't a physical beauty. It wasn't the surface. There was something deeper. And I think people that suffer a lot, that's what they have. And people that have the eyes to see can see that. Yes. You know,
1: Yes, I agree. And it, it is the path to holiness. Like, I think just as the path to hell is paved with good intentions, the path to heaven is yeah. paved with suffering.
0: Yes, amen. And suffering well, and, yeah. and that, that, that's something that not many people do. And I'll tell you this, one of, my, one of my goals in life is to be on my deathbed and not to be grumpy. I have seen so many grumpy people on the deathbed, so many people that their weakness at that time the suffering at that time has flipped something in them or revealed something deep in them and I I, I don't want that I'd rather I'd rather suffer my whole life So on my deathbed you're I smile at the me. nurses I smile at my family I bless them All for I have love joy of you, Jesus. exactly mm-hmm. and I think what that means is that means you have to have a, a an understanding of what suffering is by having lived it so that yeah. when you're suffering at that moment it feels like almost nostalgia.
1: and I also think you know how to offer it up like yeah. truly offering it up is uniting us to Christ, Yeah. right? And you've learned how to do that. Yeah. And that is because it's either going to make you the meanest, ugliest, grumpiest person in the world or the most beautiful, holy. Yeah. I mean, like Mother Teresa, nobody knew how she was suffering. Yeah. We had no clue. Yeah. We knew she was holy, but we had no, John Paul too, we knew he was suffering. Yeah. Like we got to see it and we knew it, but Mother Teresa was like the shock and surprise, you know? Yeah. But every single saint has suffered massively.
0: Matt Talbot comes to mind too. Matt yes. Talbot was the, uh, the Irish, Irish, the drunk who, who was re- resisting drinking for so long and nobody knew. Like if he heard one syllable from his friend's voice or saw one flicker of the neon at his old bar, He would turn in he knew it so he had to isolate himself from all of his friends from all the places he used to go and put in the daily grind for a long time and people didn't even know people that knew him didn't know he was an addict didn't know he was recovering didn't know how hard it was and he kept all these things close to his heart do you
1: know he was huge in the beginning of our marriage when matt struggled with pornography okay we lived in ireland and he took him in
0: ireland didn't you What's that? You met in Ireland. Yeah, since yeah, you came. yeah,
1: with Net Ministries. Wow. But this was after we got married, and we were doing, uh, we were youth ministers in Donegal, and um, yeah, Matt Talbot was huge, and Matt that is beautiful. said that prayer every time. Like these these chains, I take them off of pornography and give them to you, Our Lady. Wow. I will enchain myself to you, just as wow. he did with alcohol. Like I, I will change change in my chains of alcoholism to you, Our Lady in
0: wow. Christ. Wow. Mm-hmm. there's there's so much there i i i had a herniated disc and i prayed for martyrdom every day <laughs> just from a herniated disc yeah. like i can't even And that goes away if you get surgery or if you, yeah. you're healed whatever i can't even imagine thank you for that witness yeah matt matt you. said you you wouldn't want to talk about suffering but <laughs> I, I i'm i'm honored that that, that it came up and Thanks. that's part of your life right. as well as of course your children um I want to go from the sacred to the profane real quick because I I just got the 10 minute mark about three minutes ago. Um, Just so that when people see the photo, so there's a photo (laughs) that I sent out of, of you about to smack me. And you want me to tell a story, or do you? You do it. Okay. Go for it. So, so what, when you, we'll, we'll make that photo also the the head of this podcast. I can find
1: the real one. I just have your phone number saved with that photo, uh. and so I just took a picture of that. <laughs> but I have like the real one. I've got to go have back time, and prove. So that yeah. would be
0: great. So we were at Mother Natalia's life profession, and we had this great vespers outside, and I come over and I was talking to you, and I forget, I I said something snarky. I to this day I don't, I don't know what even remember what it was. Uh, I said something snarky to you. And she winds up And smacks me On the side of the head And like so hard that I think it startled you. And
1: it was harder than I thought. I was like, oh, wow, I, I forget my own strength
0: sometimes. And I thought it was because I had said something snarky. And you were like, oh, I'm so
1: sorry. No, the snarky. best was you apologized. I'm like, no, I deserve that. That was fair. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. You had a mosquito on your head. So I just was, I was hitting.
0: She literally smacked a mosquito and she had blood on her hand from the mosquito. There's blood on the side of my head. I thought it was because of what I said. I'm like, I'm not offended. You're fine. You can be snarky. And I told it was like, I was like, I deserve that. You're right. Thank you. <laughs>
1: but I loved your attitude. You were like, how dare you hit a priest? But you're like, I was snarky. I deserve that. I'm like, no, 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 it was a mosquito. Here you go. So that we reenacted, so we the re-enacted
0: photo it for that. I just wanted to explain to us. We like, why did you take a photo of her smack in you? I was like, so anyway, it was, it was pretty funny. All right. So, um, we'll finish the podcast. Um, if you'll think of a prayer intention, we just ask our listeners to pray for something when we have guests on, whether it's night all the time. Um, so anyway, the, the normal spiel—I'll give it just because we do all the time. But um, we're on—we're on, of course, all the platforms for what God is not. We're on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Twitter, Potter Michael o. Uh We have a great Goodreads page. Goodreads page—that's um, where people can see what we're reading, what, what we can see what they're reading, etc. Uh, we love comments on Apple Podcasts because that gets the algorithm changed and people hear us more. Um, we have a fotina.org is our nonprofit, and we—that's uh, why I'm here. I wouldn't be here if it were not for that. So thank you for the supporters of Fotina um, that paid for my flight and paid for my hotel room. Focus paid for for this, uh, paid for the registration. Um, but then we also on Patreon, and we do we visit people depending on how much they could give. We visit people, send them swag, etc. And um, Fotina mostly supports our evangelical, but it also supports twenty percent goes to the poor. And then 10% goes to some other mission that's doing something similar and 10% goes to the bishops just to support, support to the church, in other words. Um, and then we're on YouTube, audio only. I think that is everything. So uh, prayer intentions. Um, I'm going to ask you to pray for my dad's health. He's here. He's over there and uh, I'm asking that just because my mom asks it all the time so I'll pass it on to you guys my dad was in Vietnam he suffered a lot from Agent Orange and he continues to suffer with um, sleep apnea congestive heart failure asthma and he's an absolute trooper he's similar right just I wouldn't even know he was sick unless my mom asked for prayers (laughs) or she says to me last night do me one favor give him a blessing I'm like mom that's not a favor I will absolutely give him a blessing I anoint him every single time I come home there he is hi dad um Anyway, so please just pray for my dad for his health, and um, he's he's a Marine, so he's very cool, calm collected all the time, which I love. Um, but but he's he's a great witness to um, being having a, a immense consistency in in his pain. And I'll share one last story that I told the other night. It's so beautiful, Dad. When we were the kids, taught us I may have shared this before. Taught us how to finger spell. Dad knows where I'm going with this story. Taught us how to to just do sign language, but just with the letters of the alphabet to fingerspell. And we would like be across the room and we'd be chatting with my dad at parties by just fingerspelling him. He'd be spelling back to me. Well, he had his first heart attack and I was the first, being a priest, I went back into the room first. So he was in recovery, first heart attack, completely unconscious and I walked in there and I was, I was praying and I was holding his hand. I said, so when is he going to be aware? And the nurse said, oh, it'll probably be another hour until he can, you know, be aware that you're here. And I'm, I'm holding his hand and he started finger spelling. Like, like, his eyes were closed. You know, the nurse came in. She was like, I said, he wants his socks off. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, no, no, he spelled socks off. And she's like, really? And she came over, and there he was, unable to move anything except his hand. And I was holding his hand, and he was finger spelling for me. So, so it, it was really beautiful, like how God uses those things as they go on. So, just pray for my dad's health. Pray for my 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 mother who loves him so incredibly much, and is always asking for prayers as well. So
1: that goes along with my prayer intention and actually someone was wearing a marine shirt uh, during my talk earlier and I took a picture so I had to read what it said again but it says pain is weakli- weakness leaving the body and um, yeah I just want to pray for all those that are suffering whether it is mental pain and mental illness or physical pain um, just for the grace because I think that if I was God i give out grace buckets at a time but he gives out drops at a time and just for those that are in pain and that are suffering and they feel like it's debilitating um that they may just keep asking for that one extra drop of grace and relying on it and using it to turn towards christ yeah
0: amen thank you yeah thank you all right i'll finish with the blessing as i always do may the lord bless you and keep you cause His face to shine upon you have mercy on you may our lord give you endurance in pain may he give you an appreciation of weakness May he teach you that perfection and strength is found in vulnerability and in sacrifice in being able to offer up and align with Christ's own sufferings when we suffer. May our Lord remove any fear you may have of suffering and teach you as only he can to be strong and in his ways. May you be grateful for all that he's given you, for your children, for your parents. May our Lord allow you to be a participant in the building up of the kingdom of God and ultimately may he save your soul. Lord bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. God bless you.
1: Thank you, Father. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on the Focus Seek Conference, visit seek.focus.org.
0: This episode of the Seek 23 podcast was produced by Spoke Street. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.